Welcome back, Period to Pause listeners. Well, one of our favorite topics on this podcast is digging into menopause and perimenopause because there's so much out there that we just don't know or we don't talk enough about. On today's episode, I talked to John Andrus, who is the menopause guru, and we talk about things such as our libidos, some misnomers out there about women who are in menopause, and how she got healthy and got fit and really managed her menopause naturally and holistically. She is on a mission to spread knowledge that she's gleaned to women everywhere through her podcast, Menopause Matters, and through her book, I Just Want to Be Me Again. So join me as we talk about all things menopause today. Let's dive in. All right, folks. So we have one of our favorite topics today that we like to dig into because I feel like we just still don't have enough information about menopause. And so today's guest is the menopause guru. And I just want to start with something that still boggles my mind, which is how did we get to where we are and why do we have such a warped view of menopause? Oh, okay. (laughs) So would you like my Disney story? I'll do it fast. Sure. Okay. So I was three and my mother took me to see the very first movie I ever saw the very first time. Now I'm old enough that the TV at home was black and white. And so I had never seen moving pictures in color. And so we go in and I sit down in the seat and I it's a big seat and my feet are sticking out. I remember all of this stuff. And the curtains open and on the screen is the most beautiful cartoon girl. She's dancing through the forest with all her little animal friends. And the very next scene, the most haughty and beautiful woman comes on screen and she speaks and she says, Mirror, mirror on the wall, the fairest of us all. And the mirror replies, you, my queen, have a beauty quite rare, but little Snow White is a thousand times more fair. The queen flies into a rage, runs into her laboratory. She mixes up a poison potion to give to Snow White, and she mixes up a potion that turns her instantly into a hag and this is where we got such a warped view of menopause because what we saw over and over as children was this view of teenage girls young women as princesses and older women as turning into vengeful rageful hags Mm. (laughs) And it happened over and over and over in Disney. And that's what we saw. We saw it in Cinderella. We saw it in Snow White. We saw it in Sleeping Beauty. We saw it in The Little Mermaid. We see it in Brave. We Mm -hmm. see it in 101 Dalmatians. It just happens over and over and over that our view of these middle-aged menopausal women are women who can't stand other women fly into a rage and turn into hacks. And, you know, yet that view still permeates our society today. I think it's only been in the past few years where we've been talking about the M word, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And this is the view that women and their men have had of us for years. And you see it 
in politics. I see it especially as senators start running for president, women senators, you see how they're othered by many, many people in the, in the world or in the U.S. because they're not super feminine young women anymore. They are adult women going through menopause because you can't get to be a senator and you can't be running for that kind of office until you're in your late 40s or early Mm -hmm. 50s. I mean, the societal structures we have in place are so jacked, for lack of a better terminology. (laughs) I mean, we use another one, but then you'd have to change the rating of the show. (laughs) No, that's okay. We curse on here all the time. But just like in terms of the fetishizing of young women, and why don't we understand that these hormonal changes, the things that women are going through? Well, first of all, we're 50% of the population, those who are born female or identify as female. And I'm sorry, I hope the mic is not picking up my dog having a heyday today. But (laughs) (laughs) I'm not hearing it. Okay, great. Well, hopefully they won't either. (laughs) (laughs) These are the things that we have to deal with, right? But so when we talk about these changes, the things that half the population are going to go through, how can women start to make some more holistic changes and focus on putting their body back into health and what they need for them individually. So I offer a holistic plan or working with women to develop their own particular holistic plan, because the truth is that we have at least six major hormones that are affected by menopause and they're big ones. They're ones that affect our whole being. So estrogen and progesterone are the two primary hormones, which govern our reproductive cycle. And they're the ones that go down as we go through menopause. And in our bodies, there are receptors for in every cell of our body for estrogen. So every cell of our body is expecting to get a little piece of estrogen to make life better for it. It work, All of them work better. But there are also lots of hormones that are affected as estrogen and progesterone go down. They don't work the way they used to. And the big four that I talk about all the time are cortisol. When cortisol hits our brains, it hits our brain system, our brain stem, our amygdala, and then our limbic system before it can ever reach our frontal cortex. In women, estrogen suppresses that amygdala and limbic system response to cortisol. So women actually think better in a crisis than men do. I know men think they do, but it's not. Well, that's obvious. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, John, tell us something we don't know. I mean, have you ever been with a man like and seen him in a crisis? In a crisis, yes. (laughs) But he thinks he's thinking better. Anyway, so (laughs) cortisol, now estrogen isn't damping that response. And so now we're getting more of that stress response that men get, flight, fight, or freeze. So what do we do? We need to tamp down our stress and our reactions to stress so that we don't have those same kinds of fight, flight, freeze responses that men do. It affects insulin. So insulin does not work as well without estrogen in our body. And that means that insulin resistance becomes a bigger problem, which is why women in their 40s start to get that insulin resistance, metabolic syndrome slash type 2 diabetes, and then they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. So 
we need to be able to monitor and control our blood sugar much better than we did earlier. And if you think about it, women, when they have young children to deal with or disasters at work to deal with, they need to be able to like get by within a wider range of insulin response because they are eating the french fries kibla and they are right. grabbing a kit kat from the machine in the middle of the afternoon because they haven't gotten break for lunch thyroid is the third one our thyroid hormones control our metabolism they work better in the presence of estrogen so menopause drops estrogen our thyroid doesn't work as well. Our metabolism slows down. Our cortisol goes up. Our metabolism slows down and even more. Our insulin resistance goes up. Our metabolism slows down even more. And the last one is testosterone, which goes down because of age and because estrogen helps it work better in women's bodies. We have much lower levels of testosterone than men do, but now we go into menopause and it's not working as well and it's going down because of age and because of menopause so thank our, you for all it's like it, i'm you know, sorry great. <laughs> <laughs> so what so no, do you do yeah so first of all you want to manage that stress and you want to manage sleep i find that almost all of my clients come into me sleeping badly and so we want to clean up our sleep and we want to learn how to make a habit of good sleep because sleep and hormonal imbalances work to jack each other up. If you don't sleep well, your hormonal imbalances get worse and your sleep gets worse and it just keeps going in a up or down in a spiral, whichever way you want to think of it. So you want to sleep well. You want to learn how to manage your stress because this is going to take your cortisol down and yeah. then you're going to be able to. Well, that's a tough one, right? Especially when you're going through these changes and you feel like you want to murder somebody and then oh, uh, yeah, that murder thing. <laughs> <laughs> and like somebody says something and you fly off the handle for no reason because your hormones are, you just having a really good time in your body. <laughs> So So the hormones are creating stress, which is why, again, it all works together. You, nutrition and the exercise and the stress management and support and sleep all work together to kind of start bringing things back in balance. But here's the other thing. When we don't know why we're flying off the handle, mm. when we don't know that it's number one, hormones, and number mm -hmm. two, that we're changing in the way we think about other human beings. Yeah. And we're starting to say, hey, wait a minute, what about me? What about me? I've been here for 40 years. I've been here for 45 years, and mm -hmm. nobody's given a damn about my needs. Now I'm giving a damn mm -hmm. about my needs. And that's part of what's happening in your brain due to menopause. It's like, it's this retreat of I've got to put everybody first. And it's so common. I see it all the time on, you know, like Facebook menopause groups. Women will come in and they'll be there for a little while and you find out that they're 44 or 45. And the next thing you know, they're saying, I am stopping people pleasing. I am tired of putting myself last. And they think, why didn't I figure this out when I was 30? Well, when you were 30, your hormones were saying, hey, you need to stay in this group 
and you don't dare get kicked out of the tribe mm -hmm. or off the island because if you do, you have to take your young ones with you and then you're stuck with them all by yourself. And that's just not a great survival technique. Right. There's that and the societal expectations, right? I think when we get to a certain age, it's like, I don't give a fuck. And <laughs> <laughs> it's that era coupled with the hormones, right? <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, it's this relaxing of the hormones throughout your body that says, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You deserve to be in the center of your life mm -hmm. too. You don't have to kick everybody else out. Although there, I admit, I kicked a couple up. Uh, mm -hmm. But saying that you're in the middle of your circle, in the middle of your life, doesn't say you have to throw everybody else out, but it does say you get to choose who your priorities are. Mm. You get to be your own priority. I love that. You coined something like that about kind of taking back your life or not being thrown out of your life, but taking you back again. Yeah. So my book is called, I Just Want to Be Me Again. Mm. And you want to know the secret at the end of the book? Okay. I'll tell you the For the people spoiler. who don't want to know the secret, fast forward, fast spoiler forward. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you won't be the same person you were. You'll be better. Isn't that brilliant? Because <laughs> thank you very much. Because I don't want to be the same person I was when I was 27 or 37. I don't. I have zero interest in being that person. The evolution of me right now is way better than anything I could have imagined. Oh, and, absolutely. <laughs> and it's just getting better every day. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. When we're in the 40s and in that rage state, we want to be calm. We want to be nice to people again. We want to feel like we belong in our own lives. I felt like I was kicked mm. out. I mean, we haven't talked about my story, but I would love I to was. hear your story. Yeah. So Talk I to us was about that. I was 48. I didn't know it was paramenopause. I had, My symptoms were not missing periods, were not hot flashes, were not weight gain. It was all anger, depression, and low libido. And I Ooh, had a 20... Can you stop there for a second? <laughs> sure. Because that's one of the things that we... I think one of the other societal things that we don't talk about, like women shouldn't have a libido and shouldn't want to be intimate with their partners. And we don't talk about like when that starts to happen. Like, sure, you could have been in a long-term relationship with your spouse or significant other and things happen, things ebb and flow, or it could be a sign of something bigger. It was a sign of something bigger for me. It was a, so it is possible for menopause to interfere both in your libido, but also in your vaginal atrophy and vaginal dryness are real things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to deal with that. And that can be a libido killer in and of itself because it hurts. But in this case, it was not that. It was that my marriage was falling apart because it just wasn't a good marriage at that point. And those things happen. <laughs> <laughs> Lost 170 pounds in one day. It was the best 170 pounds I ever lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> and that was how I lost my first marriage. It was a 27 year marriage. And I was on top of everything else. I was traveling four days a week, five days a week for work. And he was having an affair. Let's just put it that way. 
Yeah. So then you have that and then you have the things going on with your body and you have low libido and you're like, oh, gee, thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I wasn't interested in sex life with him. Yeah. Um, I understand that. 15 months later, I started dating the guy I'm now married to. And let me tell you, low libido does not have to be a symptom of perimenopause. We had a wonderful time. Still do. So it's not necessarily a symptom of menopause. For me, it was a symptom of a bad marriage. And Mm. coming out of that, after we split up, I decided that, and I still didn't know it was perimenopause, Mm -hmm. but I decided that I could either let everything just crush me the way I was talking about it was I could let it kill me or I could let it be the best thing that ever happened to me. And I decided to make it the best thing that ever happened to me. And I Mm -hmm. lucked out. I picked a diet that worked fabulously, both weight loss and to rebalance my hormones at that time. Mm -hmm. I went on for another six or seven years in perimenopause, but I was running adventure races and half marathons. I don't do marathons. I do halves. I was doing adventure sports. I was jumping out of airplanes. I was doing all kinds of fun stuff. Amazing. I want people to hear that though. Like you can have whatever, and it doesn't even have to be a second lease on life. It could be whatever lease you're on. It could be the millionth lease on life. (laughs) (laughs) Like listening to you talk. I also was in a marriage that didn't seem to work going through perimenopause because I had to have my uterus removed due to a disease I have and thought I had a low libido. Let me tell you, that's not the truth. (laughs) That is not not the truth. truth. (laughs) It does not have to be the truth. (laughs) Anybody who's listening out there who is navigating menopause and these life changes, like altogether life changes, there are things on the other side of it that are better than you could imagine. What I say is women make love with their minds and their hearts. And if those aren't aligned, their bodies aren't going to align up either. Mm -hmm. So it is possible to stay with the same guy, but it's not possible to stay in the same marriage. The marriage has to grow and evolve as well. Mm -hmm. That's what I talk about a lot. It's like you have to sit down and both of you decide that you're going to re-court each other. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's important. You have to understand with all of the changes that we go through as women, having a partner, male, female, otherwise, who understand and want to navigate that and hold space for that journey and also dig in and understand and ask the right questions. I went through this with my ex when I was going through certain hormonal changes in IVF. He would just be like, you're just a bitch. And I'm like, do you not understand what these hormones are doing to my body? Like they're ravaging my body. And also at the time I hadn't been diagnosed with adenomyosis yet. And so that is just adding water to weeds going through IVF. And it's like just not even taking the time to do their own research on what, and again, whomever your spouse is, you could be, you know, in a same sex marriage and you're both going through menopause, but doing their own research and understanding what that could mean for the different party and the emotions they're navigating. It's And also just having the frank conversations. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you are in a same-sex relationship, you are each going to navigate your own yes. menopause journey. 
And heaven forbid that you have a partner who goes through and is one of the 5% that has no symptoms. They wake up one day and they don't have another period the rest of their life and life is fine. And then you're going through hell. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Or you're going through totally different things or you're going through things at different times or you're a bitch one day and she's a bitch <laughs> another day. And the same thing can happen with men because men go through a similar but less drastic change. It's called andropause. Mm -hmm. But what that does is as their testosterone is lowering, their confidence and their, let's just say confidence is lowering. Their sense of themselves, their self-esteem is down because that's always been linked heavily to their testosterone it is for women as well and so they're feeling threatened or unsure of themselves and on the other hand you're feeling low libido and now you're getting into the marriage bed and nothing's happening mm -hmm. because neither of you is willing to make the first move or correct the first wrong right so it's a huge issue and i mean it's one of the things that happened to me as i was starting to do this work and writing working through it over and over and coaching women i kept getting the same questions and i wrote the book for mm. men it's called where is my wife and what have you done with her <laughs> and it's designed to say this is what she's going through yeah and this is what if you want a sex life back and most men do mm -hmm. not all but most you've got to think through the get recourting your wife re-romancing mm -hmm. re-falling in love again letting her re-fall in love with you mm. completely and it, it just can't be the same thing that you've been doing for mm -hmm. all those years yes thank you especially if that. you've been in one of those relationships where you've got two or three kids mm -hmm. and you're running here and there and everywhere all at once so I have a couple more questions for you. Sure. One is you say that menopause is a gift. Why yes. do you say that? Because you get you. Mm. Isn't that so nice? We <laughs> women for the most part, we get interested in something or something, you know, something that we put aside as young women to raise our children, whether it's our horses or a lot of women, it's horses, me, it's horses or athletics or whatever it is and it may be series of these things that we've put away and said one day i'll get mm -hmm. back to it or we said i just don't have time or i'm an adult now i can't do that and we get to sit down and say what is it that we really want mm -hmm. what's our passion what's our purpose who do we want to be and we get to make that decision and our hormones don't no longer control what that decision is. Mm. That's beautiful. So is there anything else before I ask you the final question? Anything else you want this audience to hear or know or people who are going through menopause that we haven't talked about yet that they absolutely need to hear? I think the thing that they most absolutely need to hear is that there are ways of controlling your symptoms of making your life better even through paramenopause 
you don't just have to grin and bear it. You don't have mm-hmm. to muscle through it. You don't have to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do is help women find a plan that works for them. That doesn't necessarily require drugs or hormone therapy. It can be done totally naturally for mm-hmm. many, many women. And we want to be able to enjoy as much of this as we possibly can because the other side is fabulous. <laughs> That's great. Thank you for sharing that. One final question that I ask all of my guests What gives you hope right now? What gives me hope? is my granddaughter. Mm. And the reason it's not just that she's there and she's cute and she's adorable. It's that she's tough as nail. I and my son and daughter-in-law t- call her devil child and all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> but she is just very strong and very, very sure of who she is at the age of two and a half. And I um, hope they don't tamp that down in her. I'll take her away. (laughs) We'll run away to the circus. We need more of her in this world as these generations are coming up. I think we have girls like her. I think we have women that are starting to realize just how powerful and strong they are. Mm -hmm. I think we have people in this world that are every day I talk with entrepreneurs and 90% of them are women, and they have that passion, and they have that purpose, Mm -hmm. and they don't want to just be grandma sitting in the rocking chair. They want to be out and making a difference in the world, and they realize just how strong and how powerful they are and how much they've learned over their lives and how wise women can be. Mm. Yes. Thank you for that. And thank you for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom and your craft with us. We honor you for your work. Thank you. You're welcome. And as we say here at Period to Pause, continue to go out there to educate, to rise, to vocalize and mobilize. And we will see you next time. Take care. Thanks so much. Thank you. Be sure to rate, review and subscribe to a Period to Pause podcast if you really liked it. If you didn't, you can go ahead and skip that step. And remember to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And go check us out on Instagram and Clubhouse. Oh, and don't forget to tell another woman in your life that you support her. And it only takes one tiny action to lead to big change. See you next time. Now for a quick disclaimer. All of the information and views you hear on a period to pause podcast are purely the opinions of the host and her guest. They are not medical advice or treatment recommendations. The content of this podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Always seek the guidance of your physician or qualified healthcare professional for any recommendations specific to you or for any questions you may have specific to your health, mental health, your sleep patterns, or changes to diet and exercise or any medical conditions.